religion are church views, is to inquire what kind of views were held by our church reformers in the 16th century. In matters of doctrine, are we of one mind with Cranmer, Ridley, Hooper, and Latimer? If not, our churchmanship is of a somewhat peculiar and equivocal kind. Holding these opinions, I have endeavored to produce a correct sketch of six of the leading champions of the English Reformation. Those whom I have chosen undoubtedly with the exception of Ridley, were not equal to Cranmer in point of learning. In popular talent, however, and general influence with their countrymen, they were probably second to none. I venture the conjecture that the middle classes and lower orders of Englishmen in the sixteenth century were more familiar with the names of two of them, namely Bishop Hooper and Bishop Latimer, than of any of the reformers. None, I suspect, made such a deep impression on the minds of their generation. None were so often talked of round English firesides as the two whose lives are fully given in this volume. None, I am firmly persuaded, so thoroughly deserved to be had in honor. They were men of whom the Church of England may well be proud. She may reckon among her sons some perhaps who were their equals, but none, I am sure, who were their superiors. For abounding usefulness in life and noble courage in death. Hooper and Latimer have never been surpassed. Certain modern churchmen, I am well aware, have tried hard to deprecate the value of the English Reformation and to vilify the character of the English reformers. One writer in particular, who occupied no mean position among the champions of the extreme ritualistic or Catholic school, did not scruple to put in print the following extraordinary sentences. Robespierre, Danton, Marat, Saint-Just, Coton, and the like merit quite as much admiration and respect as Cranmer, Ridley, Latimer, Hooper, and the others, who happen to have the ill luck to be worsted in a struggle wherein they meant to serve their adversaries as they were served themselves. It has been brought as a serious charge against men of my school that we should have been safe under Queen Mary, but we should have been burnt for refusing a new and immoral creed if that young tiger-cub Edward the Sixth had lived, and Cranmer had not been arrested in his wicked career by divine vengeance. Of the depth of infamy into which this wretched man descended, as the unscrupulous tool of the tyrant Henry and his minion, Thomas Cromwell, I have no leisure to speak now. If history were honestly written, Latimer would change places with Bonar and appear in true colors as the coarse, profane, unscrupulous, persecuting bully which the other prelate is usually called, and with the special brand of cowardice besides, of which no man can accuse Bonner. Latimer was a coward. Latimer was perjured and unscrupulous. Latimer's coarseness and profanity are not left to conjecture, nor to the bias of partisans. He has given ample proof of them under his own hand in his still extant sermons. See Innovations, a lecture by Dr. Littledale, priest of the Church of England, delivered at Liverpool, April 23, 1868, pages 15, 16, 17, 44, and 45. Violent language like this injures nobody but the man who uses it. It utterly defeats its own object. It proves far too much if it proves anything at all. How any set of men so bad as these reformers are painted by the writer I have just quoted could have obtained the influence they undoubtedly obtained, and swayed public opinion as they undoubtedly swayed it, is a little difficulty 
which he did not think fit to explain. If our ancestors allowed the Reformation to be carried on by men of such wretched characters as he attributes to the English reformers, the Englishmen of that day must have been idiots and fools. It is clear as daylight to my mind, even if there were no historical evidence on the subject, that the generation which really knew Cranmer, Ridley, Latimer, and Hooper thought far more highly of them than Dr. Littledale did. If they had been the bad, worthless men that he represents them, they would never have left such a deep mark on the religious character of England as they certainly did. But after all, what historical proof did Dr. Littledale give that his low estimate of the English reformers is correct? I answer unhesitatingly, none that will satisfy any impartial judge of evidence. The testimony of a contemporary historian, the well-known John Fox, the martyrologist, stands in the way. And how did he get over it?